The Radio Podcast, Flint, Michigan, catch-up episode. It's been now just over three years since the issue started of the water supply in Flint, Michigan. We've covered it for some time, and in less depth than serious news sources like MLive. We have, however, been persistent in our coverage, and we want to do a special episode that's going to talk more in depth about that. With that in mind, we wanted to bring everybody back up to speed, and as opposed to having everybody go back and listen to old episodes, this is an excerpt from episodes 22 and 24. Flint, Michigan, water crisis. Again. We can't let this story go until the story is done at this point. And, uh... Every week, we're getting closer and closer to some sort of resolution. Our update this week takes us to... Litigation! Yay! Litigation, it what runs the nation. <laughs> um, we reported uh, maybe a month or so ago that there is a clearinghouse that's been set up or any potential lawsuits that may be brought against uh, the state of Michigan. And everything that, all of the instances that they will be sued for has to go through this clearinghouse committee. This past week on Halloween, it was not a trick or a treat, um, a judge has ruled that the Flint residents have... um, enough facts that they are allowed to proceed with their lawsuit against the state. Um, And that's ahead of whatever this clearinghouse committee was trying to hold back so that way everybody could sue at once. The residents of Flint, the city of Flint, can sue the state of Michigan. And basically told them, go. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> is it supposed to work this way? Because I'm confused. I'm confused. I I don't know. I think they're making their own laws. It's like the, uh, I would say the Wild West, the the Wild uh, North Central. <laughs> the Wild Mitten. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the Detroit News reports that uh, Michigan Court of Appeals Judge Mark Boonstra. Uh, said that the residents had provided sufficient facts in their lawsuit against the state over the contaminated water, and if proved, those facts would show that actions by the state were, quote, so arbitrary in a constitutional sense as to shock the conscience. That, that That's really mild language on his part, isn't it? Uh, is, is the appropriate legalese response to that? Duh. <laughs> uh. 
I just I I don't get it. I mean, at the outset of all of this, it was like, okay, there was a fuck up. They switched to the wrong water source. Okay, let's rectify that and move on. And ever since then, it's just been like, how can we turn this into a bigger shitstorm? Well, you want to you want to hear what the state's response was? So, so the city. It's not going to help if I say no, is it? No, I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. The, the our people want to know. <laughs> So, people. <laughs> um, so the the city of Flint brings this lawsuit forward. The state officials claimed that the residents of Flint had not filed their lawsuit within six months of the water crisis. Therefore, the case should just be dismissed. Just, just no, no. We're going to give you a six month window, even though we we aren't bringing any light to this, and we're trying to sweep the shit under the rug as hard as we can. Um, so yeah, this this should be. I mean, yeah, you didn't fall within twenty minutes of this thing happening in the first <laughs> place. So um, everybody, fuck all y'all. I I like their arbitrary uh, statute of limitations that they've <laughs> want to impose on themselves. Six months that seems reasonable. Yeah, effects that last a lifetime, but you've only got a six-month window to, during which to figure out the full depth and breadth of which this may have affected you. Yep. And even file appropriate it, litigation. Right, even though we were doing it for 18 months before mm. we even acknowledged that there may be a problem, and then it was another three months before uh, the governor uh, brought forth any kind of uh, state of emergency. So... Yeah. Uh, yup. I don't even want to have to say. I don't even want to say it. <coughs> but you're going to. Mm, I, I feel I have to. It, <laughs> it, it's there. It, it's like coughing up phlegm at this point. <coughs> first world country. <laughs> yes, it's clearly a first world country, Rob. That's why we have all these lawsuits. <laughs> it's the sign of a modern democracy as we got litigation that's I right can sue the bulls off that motherfucker because he's got money and i damn well don't well in this case and i'm it's a legitimate right. <laughs> uh, but this isn't the only news to come out of flint this week rob oh no it isn't uh <laughs> yeah the the little piece that i'd found was that the uh the uh, Genesee's County Judge Jeffrey Nethercutt, which sounds like an unfortunate euphemism for uh, circumcision, <laughs> um, <laughs> has said that the uh, oh the well let's uh, let's take a step back again. Remember, maybe two months ago when we were talking about um, how. No, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. So about two months ago, we were we were talking about um, how the water crisis at at this time um, has brought to light some cases of Legionnaires' disease in uh, Flint and in the surrounding county of that Flint is in uh, Genesee County, and at the hospital they couldn't provide further details to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services 
because there's essentially a gag order on any water-related incidents coming out of Genesee County thanks to this uh, lead um, lead crisis that's going on. So Legionnaire's disease is something that really needs to be reported where the person lives or where they may have been, where they could catch it, because it's an airborne uh, pathogen uh, that has pneumonia-like symptoms. And if you can't say where the case of Legionnaire's disease was contracted, you're essentially leaving a large population susceptible to this illness. And officials at the hospital were getting frustrated because they couldn't pass this information along. And people at the Department of Health and Human Services were also frustrated because you have a community that has been uh, exposed to many things in the last two years that they did not ask to be exposed to. And there's a public health nuisance, you know, a, a legitimate public health issue that they legally should be able to help and they're legally being blocked from doing anything about. The Department of Health and Human Services had sought to have the the protective orders against their getting evidence rescinded from uh, Judge Jeffrey Nethercutt and uh, like I say, this evidence is needed to work out what the source of infection was and how it's then to be tackled and resolved but there's so much um, I'm going to use the word shenanigans here about trying to keep evidence away from people who could actually make use of it to shenanigans protect... sounds like adorable this is kind of more <laughs> malicious I feel like yes which is why I wanted to try and underline it by putting a mild word in place of the one that we really should use <laughs> dastardly <laughs> oh dastardly is good see uh, I, I, my brain had first reached for fuck douchery. Nope, that's see, that doesn't go with the, the whimsical nature we're going for, Rob. <laughs> oh, sorry, whimsical, whimsical nature. Whimsical, whimsical. Yes, uh, people having their life ruined by lead in their water and uh, and it's whimsical. Yes, well, yes. Um, <laughs> Levity. This is a, we're, this is a supposedly we're a satirical, we're podcast, a satirical podcast, Rob. We Le are not news. We are not a news podcast. Dastardly. She said, dastardly. <laughs> I was waiting for you to pick it up again. but I was going to, but yeah, no, I, yeah. It was starting to come out as more of a growl. <laughs> dastardly. Dastardly. <laughs> In a world gone mad, Rick Schneider was dastardly. So, yeah. Apparently, uh, again, lots of lots of legal uh, dastardliness, dastardly renderings being handed down on uh, Halloween. This is when the uh, order came down that the the ban has been lifted on being able to report these types of incidents to the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, so, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a win for for public health and safety. <laughs> Somewhere in this bleak <laughs> shit show that is the Flint. <laughs> we've we've got one more little little 
spot oh. of sunshine. Well, I don't know if you want to call it sunshine. <laughs> oh, why don't you shine our rays over this little article? Because this one is is clearly the the part that sheds light and sunshine and happiness on all the misery that we've covered already. So this bit of sunshine starts with the letters PTSD. Um, basically, the uh, American Public Health Association has spent the last year studying the residents of Flint. And um, basically, they're saying the levels of stress that the residents of Flint, Michigan have been feeling um, towards, you know, knowing if they have safe drinking water has uh, led to legitimate documented uh, diagnosable cases of PTSD within the community. So on top of... For those that are unfamiliar, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, it's, it's very common in, um, you know, soldiers who returned from war. Um, you know, anybody who's gone through an intense, uh, just a very intense, stressful situation, you know, hostage situations, um, uh, extreme abuse, um, all of those are, are uh, PTSD-related um, events, I guess, that, that can trigger it or that can get your mind into that mindset. So, um, yeah, on top of whatever lasting impacts being exposed to lead for two years has caused, um, you can also add, uh, you know, PTSD to their mental state and uh, then wonder in 20 years why Flint hasn't recovered. It's just a, a bizarre and shocking thing. I mean, there's... So much of that state has suffered from economic decline anyway, and then this on top of all else. Uh, and I'm going to see what I can do about splicing in the story that we recorded earlier about the housing. Sure. Um, uh, yesterday, I was researching some articles, and on the side of one of them, there was real estate in Flint. So I, uh, so I on the Michigan Live, MLive page. So I had a look at that. Uh -huh. So I searched all the houses in Flint and then went, uh, start with the lowest price house. Can I pitch a number at the lowest price house that I saw? 9,000. No. Higher or lower? 5,000. 2,000? 2,700. Holy shit. Yeah, I I was so I I Google mapped this place. Uh-huh. I was viscerally appalled. The address is 346 East Mott Avenue, $2,799. Um the listing <laughs> said on somewhere that um bid quickly. This one's sure to go in a hurry. Huh. It's it's been on here for four hundred and seventy four days. Wow. It's Jeez. boarded up. It's a little shit box, two bed, one bath, seven hundred square feet. Wow. I I Google mapped this and I went for a little drive around the neighborhood. 
And I came down one street. Um, this uh, that came down a side street, so I sort of I had looped around. And there's a a reasonably nice looking house with a an auto glass shop beside it. And then the other side of the corner is a four bay universal car wash. And when you're in the side street, the thing is a an ongoing concern. It's clean, well met, can well kept. Um, and that's 2011. And then you turn the corner out onto the main street from October 2015, and the thing is a wreck. There are weeds across everything. The gate and the fence is half missing, where it's just been, I just guess, all stoked. abandoned. Yeah, it's all abandoned. All the fixtures <laughs> and fittings are gone. The uh, I, I I just looked at it and was utterly appalled wow uh it makes you wonder how the hell anybody stays there and you look at it and go yeah i absolutely see why a house that's less than three thousand bucks has not fucking sold yeah wow and that whole street i mean there's you go down those roads and there are just housing lots where they are missing the house and everything's grown <laughs> over and then you'll see one house that's still occupied and the lawns are neatly trimmed up to the edge of the mesh fence that they've got. And then it's wilderness beyond. It reminds me, uh, sounds like the pictures of New Orleans post-Katrina. Yes. And here the disaster was economics and man-made. And yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no pictures from inside the premises. Hey, are you recording any of this? Because this is all usable. <laughs> oh, shit. I just turned that yeah, off. See, I gonna... mine, mine was not on either, of course. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, wait, that might be a lie. Maybe mine is on. Yeah, built in 1950. Jeez. Then there are other houses that are listed that are... Five-bedroom, two-bath in Mount Morris, Michigan. 60,000. Wow. That's... I'm going to pull that one up, see if there's more pictures of the inside of this one. Oh, this one actually has pictures. Two-story unit. Uh, five bedrooms? Five bedroom, two bath, 2,400 square feet. Yeah, whoever took the pictures for this does not know how to photograph the inside of a house. <laughs> well, when your listing agent is only getting commission based on 60 grand, <laughs> they're not exactly uh, <laughs> staging... <laughs> Pencil sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Run it through that... Uh... Prisma. Yeah, I love that thing. <laughs> I, yeah, have you seen the things I keep pushing on oh, Dominance? yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, so just Prisma app the inside of the house. <laughs> yeah, just use Look, the... Look, it's uh, fancy. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to use Hunter or Breakfast on there? Because <laughs> anything else is going to make it look like crap. Oh, my God, two bedroom, one bath, five grand. Wow. And this one looks better than the other one that I told you about. Well, it would have to. It should look about twice as good. Yeah. <laughs> 800 square feet. Jesus. One photo, just the outside. 106 East Home Avenue. And how far apart those are. Is there a... Uh, I'm sure there's a Google Maps overlay somewhere of the... Like the water... The places where the water is the worst. 
I had this notion that we buy that $2,800 house and give it away to somebody. But seriously, it makes you wonder, like, I mean, I bet there's no pipes left in it anymore. The front step? The The copper's probably totally stripped. Yeah, you're paying for a wooden shell and a concrete. You're paying for a concrete slab. Yeah, you're not paying for anything else because there's nothing else that's salvageable. Nice bit of guttering down the side there. That downspout's quite sexy. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it's got a a basement. You're a fucking mess, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Me? Me? Come on! I loved you, but you're a mess. (laughs) From one mess to another. Yeah. So maybe we do the five grand one instead. Maybe that one's better condition inside. Okay. Sounds, <laughs> sounds great. You get on that, and I am instead going to um, not do that. Come on. How cool would it be that Radio Podcast gives away a house? We could sell raffle tickets for this shit. We are- <laughs> Somewhere in America, Radio Podcast is raffling off a house get your tickets hundred dollars two tickets come on we get 200 bucks out of it we'd be four and a half (laughs) four thousand eight hundred dollars out of pocket on this that sounds about right (laughs) it could be a tax write-off we could be tax-free for the next 20 years (laughs) we wrap this bit up here yep all right. All right. Well, I think uh, all of that said, look for uh, look for sponsorship opportunities where you too can buy your raffle ticket coming soon to the hmm. radio-podcast.net website. We we could even yeah we we should raffle a house. Or if you just feel like sponsoring us because you love us, send me an email, Diana at radio-podcast.net or Robert at radio-podcast.net we'll be happy to talk to you about things and no maybe maybe give is... you maybe give you a house in Flint <laughs> just send us $3,000 you're welcome <laughs> maybe if we were listening to in Saudi Arabia <laughs> <laughs> they've got oil I think we're ready to move on, Rob. I think so, too. (laughs) Talking of things being a bit of a bitch, Flint update. All right. First off, um, I've still been following this house at 346 East Mott Avenue, Flint, Michigan, 48505. And it's still available uh, seemingly for the $2,799 that it was listed at before. So (laughs) if you want a shell of a house, this one's for you. Rob, if you move into that, 
you will be single. Well, if, yeah, well, I, I crossed that one off the list of possible upgrades for the Radio Postcard Studio. I did discover a new one that's come onto the market. Um, yeah. At, at 5,318 Glen Avenue, that's on the market for $950. Um, my guess is not, that you'll need... Not 950000 This is like... No. No, nine five zero. My guess is that you need to probably provide all internal structure. <laughs> Definitely all the piping. I guarantee. <laughs> every every ounce of copper has been stripped. Yeah, uh, on the website there are no pictures of the inside, um, and only two of the outside. One that shows a overgrown driveway towards what must have been at one point a garage for. Something about the size of a Model T, possibly. Oof. That one's available. Well, uh, so so I'm back to the idea of a mobile recording facility, and uh, I found this beautiful old small van with purple velour interior. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go with that then. It's the kind of van I'm supposed to tell my kids to stay away from. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Free puppies and candy inside. Uh, well, let's cleanse our palates. Uh, yeah, we should. Um, after a story like, well, after looking at those houses, even flint water will cleanse the palate. Yeah, let's uh, let's start with the civil side of the story. There's a civil side. Uh, civil as in construction. It's now estimated that the new water line that needs to be run, um, it, it's got to go to twenty nine thousand homes. I think, believe the original estimate was around 15,000 homes. Yeah. Yeah, the um, Mayor Karen Weaver's Fast Start team estimates that they'll have a, about 1,000 done by the end of this year. Yeah, it's um, this quote-unquote Fast Start program is the one that, uh, I guess, Snyder approved... Back in, gosh, what was it, February, March, for mm. what, so, what he was going to do to help mitigate the problems? Wait a minute. Fast start. Super and it's fast. From March, and they've got about, oh, well, <laughs> when I started putting notes together on this a few weeks ago, it was 500 that had been done, and they reckon they might have 1,000 done by the end of the year. It's really um, fast. Oh, for Snyder, it's lightning quick. It moves about as fast as his intellect. Ugh. Well, another estimate on the budget is that it uh, currently scales to $140 million. Is that all? That's it. That's uh-huh. it. And that's, again, just for the uh, waterline replacements. It has nothing to do with anything else that they've been doing out there. Including, apparently, a whole bunch of litigation. <laughs> Litigation news. <laughs> well, speaking of civil, we're going to deal with the other type of civil, as in court. Nice segue. I'm a goddamn professional. <laughs> there have been four more. <laughs> can I talk? Oh, can you ever? Please. Oh. <laughs> We've got four more people criminally charged in this uh, current situation, including two former Flint emergency managers. And now, you've got some really detailed notes on this, and I think it's beholden on you that you 
Uh, all right. So Diana tried to explain this to me as we were going through the, the pace notes for the show ahead of time. And this is a shell game that you are going to want to grip something and try and keep your head from spinning because... It's magical. So <laughs> all of my information is coming from the Detroit Free Press. Again, the most amazing coverage of what's been going on out there. Very detailed. Just fantastic. Um Okay, so way, 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 way back in 2014, the heady days of 2014. Such an innocent time. Yeah. Flint's fucked. They have no money whatsoever. The city of Flint is buying their water from the city of Detroit. And that's what they've been doing for years. Now, what they want to do is get in on this new pipeline, water pipeline that's being constructed. I'm going to butcher this. The Karanodi Water Authority. KWA. The KWA. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. <laughs> so the KWA wants to build a new pipeline that will go to Lake Huron. But Flint is responsible for 35% of the debt that's related to the KWA project. Since they are completely tapped out on funds, the Department of Environmental Quality and the city strike a quote-unquote sweetheart deal where the Department of Environmental Quality, DEQ, will basically issue the construction bonds for Flint's portion of the pipeline without any financial backing from the city. There's nothing to back up these bonds. This sounds more like a Trump project. It's amazing. The city of Flint now says to the city of Detroit, hey, we are building this pipeline. We don't need to pay you for water anymore because we're going to build a temporary line to the Flint River while we're waiting for this KWA project to finish up. So that is why they went over to the Flint River. So that way they could stop paying Detroit while they've, they've got these basically paper bonds going to the KWA project that they're not really on the hook for because DEQ kind of greenlit it without any financial backing from the city, any real world financial backing from the city, I should say. They just decided, all right, perfect, Flint River. It's right there. We'll just start sucking the water while we wait for this pipeline to get finished. So the city manager that kind of helped facilitate all of that uh, is one of the people who uh, was indicted and um, arraigned. He was arraigned uh, the 21st of December. The charges, they all face 20-year felony charges on what's going on out there. And the magical part of all of this is that we don't need to put allegedly in front of any of it. No, no. So the people who are being charged are two emergency managers of Flint, the ex-public works superintendent, and the utilities administrator. So basically all people who should know better. <laughs> They're facing charges of false pretenses, which I didn't know was a charge, but just false pretenses and conspiracy to commit false pretenses. Is, is false pretenses sort of like lying? I don't know. So then, in addition, the former emergency managers were charged with willful neglect of duty and misconduct in office. 
Those are words we're going to hear a lot more over the next few years. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that's kind of what's going on with the charges that are been brought forward in Flint. One interesting thing that I, I guess, kind of gets into the weeds, but this whole concept of uh, emergency managers and the way it works in Michigan, like anytime any big public institution is going through some significant uh, financial problems, they have state, um, they have these emergency managers that can be put in place by the governor. And I did a little bit of digging. I found a really, really great article that uh, Michigan Radio put together that I'm going to include in our show notes on our, our website, which is www.radio-podcast.net. If you guys want to do a little bit of extra reading to figure out you know, what, what this whole emergency manager thing is about, it's shady as fuck. <laughs> And that's the most generous explanation she yeah. was able to come up with. It, <laughs> it's amazing. So um, if you guys are interested, it's well worth the read. So, yeah, so that's that's where we're at with that. <laughs> now, on the plus side, there's now so much lead in the kids' bloods in Flint that they don't need to buy pencils for school anymore. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Let's see, our next update that has to do with courts... There's still more more Flint stuff. There is oh more Flint stuff. Um, How can there be? I thought we were done with this. I, I hope we'd be done with this story months ago. But no, it just Rob, nobody in Flint. Nobody. Nobody has clean water in Flint yet. Like this is this is going to be tripping out for a while. I'm gonna move on to um, our our disease center. <laughs> there have been a, a bunch of outbreaks. The, the, radio, the radio podcast Fridge, as it's also known. I'm well. Yeah, I'm gonna go in a quarantine, audio quarantine over here, and uh, <laughs> talk to you guys about uh, the Legionnaires' disease outbreak that happened back in August of this past year. Um, and we reported to you guys that uh, the Genesee County Hospital, where these people were going to get help for their Legionnaire's disease. Couldn't share any information about where these infected people were potentially contracting the disease, just due to a confidential court order that was blocking any mention of waterborne disease coming from the Flint area from going to the Department of Health and Human Services because they were basically afraid of any litigious action that could happen and they didn't want dissemination of information. We covered that in a previous episode where you explained some of the background behind that. It just seems like a um, complete anathema that you, that anybody could in their right mind put a blanket ban on the sharing of information. Even with a public, I mean, this is a public health concern that they were stopping yeah. this from happening. So... We've had a Christmas miracle. <laughs> On December 20th, three protective orders that were limiting the flow of information to the Department of Health and Human Services were lifted, allowing the state agency to get the information that they need to prevent any further outbreaks and help remediate any future ones. The protective orders were found to be unconstitutional, violating the state's separation of powers between executive and legal authorities. So that's some a little bit of more good news. I mean, there's a, we're going to be dealing with Michigan courts, covering Michigan courts, I guess, for a while. 
I've got no idea what it must be like to try and live through that. Somebody on the visual essay that the Detroit Free Press has put together describes it as like living in a war zone, but without the actual violence. And there's that constant, constant feeling of being under attack. Yeah, I mean, we reported a couple weeks ago about people are being diagnosed with PTSD living in Flint. This is not something that's easy to live with or, or I mean, I would think it's even manageable. It's, it's, it's not something you would have to, should have to live with in a... First world country. Yeah, this is, yeah. I, I moved to America about 20 years ago and some things have improved and some things are markedly worse and there seems to be this factioning of responsibility and nobody wants to take it and nobody wants to pay for it and even the people who should be sorting this out and coming up with sensible policies towards doing so seem to be so deeply invested in this blind mindset of what is their philosophy in terms of politics all allowed themselves to play politics so much that a rational view of the world has not played any impact in their thinking for such a long time that the image that comes to mind is Nero fiddling while Rome burns, which, according to the reports of the time, is a little unfair on Nero, but <laughs> you know, the, it's the same sort of thing that the there are these crises going on, but there are people with vested political or fiscal interests in not resolving the problem. Yeah. One group that is just a short hop, skip and a jump from Flint is in, uh, uh, how do you pronounce that? Osceola, O-S-C-E-O-L-A, Osceola County. That's what I would guess. (laughs) Where Nestle, or rather Nestle Waters North America, want to increase the amount of groundwater that they're extracting from the area to half a million gallons per day. For bottling, for bottling and selling all, all over the place. It's not too help give to people this is nestle has never done anything for the out of the goodness of their heart their ceo made the amazing statement that that clean drinking water is not a human right hmm. and uh, he's acting on it so there are is he been suggested for trump's cabinet at any place or uh... Uh, he would probably be the one providing the bottled okay. water all right that sounds about right yeah so he's doing hmm. catering The Department of Environmental Quality is taking public comments through until March 3rd of 2017. We'll put a couple of links up to that. You can email Carrie uh, Monosmith at deq-eh at michigan.gov or send them email. And we'll put those in the show notes so that if you feel that perhaps Nestle shouldn't be dragging quite so much water from the ground at pennies on the gallon when they then charge an arm and a leg per Mm. bottle, and that their CEO thinks that everybody should be paying through the nose for his high-quality water that you've paid for to keep clean. So, <laughs> whatever. Well, we, we've just heard what a upstanding and non-corrupt government body the DEQ is. So, good luck with your comments, and uh, <laughs> everything will be filed directly to the circular bin. <laughs> Yeah, you want fun with email servers? Wait until they try and recover all of those. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Flint, we we hear you. We're trying to bring light to your plight, and um, we'll be here in 2017. Oh, for that's you. a bringing light to your plight. Where did you I'm get that from? I'm a fucking poet, at... and I know it, Rob. <laughs> You're going to be spraying that as your tag on the walls, aren't you? <laughs>
probably just inside your bedroom because you know those are your walls and you can do Lucky. what you like. But... I, I'm not even going to show you the tattoo I've gotten in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the one that says "fuck you" 2016. Uh, it's just a dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it with the way you just said it. <laughs> and I said I can't speak French. <laughs> she lied. <laughs> I can just pronounce French. I can't speak it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So if you guys uh, are looking for ways to get in touch with us, Rob and I are extremely accessible. You can find us on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Radio Podcast One. Numeral One. Yes, number one. There's also the website, www.radio-podcast.net. Yep, all of our old shows are there. We've got show notes there. All of our contact information is also on that page, including our Twitter account. at Which apparently is a lot more active now that you plugged it into Facebook. And when I went back and got activated my other device that has my active Twitter on it and discovered, oh, all the stuff I, it's all up on here as well. I huh. am magical. Yeah. So this is true. We're back to being active. Um, <laughs> thank you for the ability to cross post. Um, so like I said, our, our Twitter handle is at underscore radio podcast. So yeah. Just thank you, everybody. Um, subscribe, like us, rate us on uh, iTunes. That would be huge. Uh, refer a friend. Um, have them rate us. Yeah. And talk to us. We, we're here and we're somewhat friendly. Mm-hmm.